0: idea that happened because <laughs> <laughs> it didn't just, happen that's, that's it did happen stop lying to yourself in these conversations can you
1: can you expand more on that that you don't think somebody can anybody in this society can inherently be in racist our, the impact of having your identity removed and then you applies
0: to a lot of different social issues uh vlm lgbtq me too movements
2: hello 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 welcome back to our fourth episode of the decent podcast i'm alex and i'm with
3: jason <laughs> slash moose <Muz. laughs>
2: and today we have a very really, very really good um, episode for you guys but to start off like always we're going to do some worldwide news
3: Okay, so (laughs) what I use, obviously, if Alex edited this episode on time, it will still be in the duration of the Chinese New Year. (laughs) But uh, as you know, this year, um, it's the year of ox or bulls or cows, whatever, Uh, you name it. So if you are born in the year of ox, Happy New Year and to all the Chinese and Whoever celebrates Lunar New Year, Happy New Year to you too. Hope you um, receive many monies in uh, your red pockets. Uh, I sure didn't. Now, (laughs) next question. (laughs) Uh, Next next news is uh, Tokyo 2020. So the Olympics obviously gathered a lot of attention. It's been delayed to this year, but I doubt that it's going to happen this year. Again, well there's a the news that Tokyo 2020 Olympics president resigned over sexist remarks he made um, so um, since they lost like an executive uh, position uh, who knows uh, what will happen to this year's Olympics or next year's Olympics. Uh, Well, another news uh, is Nigeria's central bank ordered to unfreeze bank accounts of end SARS protesters. So uh, if you are interested in the SARS news in Nigeria, please search it up uh, to get more insights of that.
2: Alex. Thanks, Jay. I'm just gonna talk about a bit of the US impeachment trial. This is, as we all know, Donald Trump has already been been impeached twice. However, he is uh, the trial right now is whether or not he sh- can, can run for president again. However, more accusations and more severe punishments are being dealt to the extent that now there's a video that was brought to life in court where uh, they're thinking of trialing him for attempt assassination of Mike Pence when he didn't try to over, when he was trying to over. over- on the government. So, right now, and I'm not making this up, Trump, after his um, his defense wasn't good, he went golfing. So, it mm-hmm. all, it, it, it's all shaping knots in the way of um, uh, the former president of the United States.
3: but Yeah. So, to adding on that, I, I would say uh, go educate yourself on U.S. impeachment trials and how Senate, Supreme Court, and the House of Representatives work
2: in this. Matter, and then last and final question before we end up in our uh, episode is the civil rights movement in Russia, in the Russia. of Russia. As we as we know, uh, the election coming up, and somehow Vladimir Putin always seems to be to to win, but this time the people are kind of not having it, so they took it to the streets, and the government has seen to be. Uh, shown his their violent side, so tensions are high there in Russia. Uh, we and uh, we hope that it's settled soon and the election goes as smoothly as possible. But f- whether in or dreams. not, yeah, whether whether or not, let's get into and introduce our guests.
3: So as we mentioned, we have two guests uh, this episode. So how about let. Then introduce themselves. So first question, who are you?
1: Thank you, okay. Hello, I'm Angela. I am 18 and I am currently a freshman at NYU. <laughs> okay.
0: um, my name is am uh, also a first year student. I'm at the University of Toronto uh, and I went to with Jason and Alex and Angela and it's great to see you all again.
3: Yeah, so we haven't actually talked for a long time since the graduation because of COVID, obviously. Yeah, didn't even have a graduation, but um, (laughs) let's record how how do we all meet? Obviously, Ridley is the the place, right? But uh, do you guys have any first impressions of each other? Actually, I will go first. (laughs) Uh, I already talked about first impression of Alex when I... Uh, when we did the first episode. but um, I have first impressions on Angela and Tom um, because of the geography class we had together with Mr. Arnold. <laughs> and back then I wasn't able to speak English that much. So oh yeah. Basically, you no, yeah you could like,
1: it wasn't it wasn't
3: bad trust. <laughs> but like I was so quiet like sitting yes, in the third so. road of the classroom. Wrong. Uh but I mean I just know Angela always sings in the class and Mr. Ronald's like <laughs> and Tom is <laughs> like beside I don't know. Um didn't have really I but how about you guys
1: like to make mr ronald cry i'll <laughs> never forget that when him and and brendan made mr ronald cry i bring that up all the time wait wait wait, wait,
2: wait, wait, wait. no first of all just tell that story pretty really quickly i had no idea that happened because it didn't <laughs> just, happen that's it that's did happen saying. stop lying to
1: yourself okay what happened was i don't know it was just one of those classes where like nobody was paying attention everybody was like talking and <laughs> whatever sorry know, mr ronald tom and brendan got on him and mr ronald was just like and I was
0: like okay hey, first things first okay it was the entire class that was not paying attention i don't know how the story came down to like it was just me and he I wasn't was actually brendan, that's what I he was faking it he was like okay was just to get our attention he didn't actually shed tears yeah we, i, I mean then. we don't
1: know he could have been feeling pain in his heart
0: <laughs> yeah. i mean i went i still took his class after that you know angela left him and never even said hi to him after that so
1: that's falsehood he was my volleyball <laughs> coach for two years <laughs> uh,
3: yeah i do remember that back then uh there was a, like an online game that's like a golf thing uh and um, Brandon's always playing that game in the class.
0: Oh and, yeah, Flappy and, Golf. Oh, oh Flappy
3: my Golf. God, it's a long time ago, but do um, you guys have, so Alex came to our grade, like in grade 11, but do you guys have an first impression on him?
1: Yeah, I just remember, uh, sorry. I just remember <laughs> like English class. That's what I think of. Uh, i'm pretty sure that's the only the only place yeah, that i, I first knew you i
2: i, I kind of just like took myself in the corner because I, I i don't know it was just the class did you like mr M- mr lee like not like him as him but like as a teacher <laughs> like, like like the way like the way uh we read the books and stuff bro i don't
1: even know all i know is that i came to that class to be entertained it was always <laughs> <interesting>. <laughs> in that class no, ask but- me what i learned i don't remember <laughs>
2: No, there are there a few times where I had fun, but I can't say a lot about you, Angela, but I do remember a few instances of Tom. I don't know if you remember. This might have been my second or first year, but we didn't talk so much. But I remember one time, I think it was tryouts. And yeah, we were, yeah, I was going to
1: say
0: the
2: same thing. Yeah, it, it, it was tryouts, and we were doing a drill. But I do remember, I don't know why, I had the ball. And you just came out of nowhere and tried to t- two foot tackle me a few times and i got absolutely scared so i every time i saw tom i just ran the other way no matter what so, <laughs> so that was just i feel like impression.
0: so yeah i was gonna say my first impression of you was was soccer child's as well but um I know a lot of people say I do two-foot tackles. I think <laughs> I might have to stop doing that now. Even but, in foot
2: cell, man, come on! It, it was it, yeah. The, yeah, the ground was hard too. Hey,
0: but there's there's a reason you made first team and I made second team. So I think I think I think that's very clear now.
2: Uh, that's fair. That's fair. So basically, you you all three were prefixed. Uh, we and I think we all we, we all we all afforded the IB, right? Yeah, yeah. P- perfect. Mm-hmm. And. You, some of you, some of us have responsibilities in the house. So, the next question, question three, is you with with all with all that time and all that busy schedule, how did you guys find time for music? Because that's going to be a main main thing about this podcast. So, how did you guys time for um to develop music? I know Angela went to a competition, which is pretty 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 big, and I've heard you sing, and it's amazing to me like it it really it really is so how do you have time to do all that
0: okay i think for me i was like music for something wasn't something that uh like if i started a song and i didn't finish it i didn't really care so i also like really took my time with it so let's say i had a bunch of assignments and i didn't like make a song in an entire week it was chill um i also like write constantly like I, I've i never I didn't I never like stopped writing so like I could be sitting in a class and a couple of lyrics come to my head like I write them down and then during lunch I spend maybe 20-30 minutes like fleshing out those lyrics so like even though I was I wasn't like I could take weeks or months without recording I was still like writing every day because like once something happens to me I immediately just start thinking of like lyrics or bars or uh i don't know i think maybe a lot of writers experience that that they're just constantly writing i've heard some like um authors talk about that before
2: so so they just keep like your phone around there's like a notebook that just whenever inspiration comes around
0: yeah so just like the notes app on my phone like if you oh, scroll enough. through the notes app on my phone there's probably like a hundred different notes and like when if anybody else were reading them they'd be like what is like this makes no sense because it's just random thoughts coming to my head mm-hmm. and,
2: and then after how do you just make that into a summary and I make a song
0: so i would have to like flesh them out or if i if i get like maybe in a couple days i get like a couple really good ones that i think okay yeah this is really good this is something that could actually make a song then i would like maybe over a weekend or I pulled a lot of all-nighters making songs so because it's also not boring right it doesn't feel like work when you love what you're doing it's just easy for you to do that so I did that a lot of times
1: fair enough what about you Angela I feel like it was a bit different for me like I was always you know doing music in some way because like especially choir and stuff like we were singing um three times a week or stuff things like that so like I was always like around music. My voice was always, you know, ready. Um, the way I like write music and create music is a lot different from Tom. Like I I write based on a feeling, like sometimes I'll just get a feeling, hmm, I want to write a song. I don't know about what, I'll go to the piano and it just flows out of me. So that's kind of how I, I would do my personal song just sometimes I just walk to a p- piano, go to, to um, second century building, just things like that but then like when it came to like posting stuff on like SoundCloud and like covers and stuff like that I literally just I would do it whenever I felt like it I would just um download uh karaoke tracks and record in my room it's so funny how many times people were like Angela shut up (laughs) 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 because the walls are so thin but yeah like Tom said it's it's so easy to lose track of time when you're when you're recording or making music because it doesn't feel like work it's
2: just it's just fun. But did you ever guys feel like oh I have so much responsibilities as prefect as a IB student that you couldn't really flesh out your music or you couldn't like really give it as much time as you wanted?
0: I definitely feel like I didn't um, spend as much time uh like I think all through Ridley if like if I obviously, I don't want this to happen. But if I never had responsibilities or anything to actually keep up with, I could just do it for days without like feeling like, oh, I'm missing out on something. So I think there's also that I think like, maybe let me relate that to you playing soccer. Like if you didn't get tired, you know, you could play an entire match and just mm-hmm. feel like I, don't, I never want to leave the pitch like I'm calm, like I don't want to not do this. So I, I think it's that same thing. But you know, uh for everyone I think that's also a good thing because doing something too much becomes a bit of a disadvantage to you so writing of course as much as you can you love to do that but it's also good to take a step back and remember that you've got other stuff to do in the real world yeah, yeah.
2: That's a very good answer Angela
1: I think like for me when I think about it I think grade 11 was probably my most productive year creating music mm-hmm. in high school I feel like that was probably the year where like I didn't have too much extra things to, to deal with, even though I was the first year of IB and you're applying for like, prefectship and all that stuff, it still, it still didn't feel that heavy. Grade 12, I think I didn't really have much time to do anything musically. And um, I didn't really find it that challenging because the way that I write music anyway, it's not like I plan out times to write music. I just like, it's very spontaneous whenever i write music
0: in, so i didn't sorry in uni have you had time to make music
1: yeah i've been writing a lot of songs because i'm just like in my room right so That's perfect i've been making a lot of stuff
2: so so you well, both so, sorry tom you gonna say something
0: i was gonna say are we expecting a release or what's going on
1: my guy here's the thing i like i have a lot of songs but like i i don't know how to like master them and produce them to make them sound good and i don't know i i'm not a perfectionist but, like there's there's a certain certain level I want to reach and I'm not there yet with all my drafts so I can't I can't share them yet you know
0: you
2: can help her with that.
0: <laughs> well, I mean, I'm currently paying someone to do that for me. Oh really? Okay. I'm in Angela's shoes as well. I don't know how to do that by myself, but luckily he's an old friend, so I'm getting it kind of cheap. <laughs> um, but apart from that, I definitely understand what she's what she means. Like you don't want to, especially because it's like your voice and everything Mm. i think people are a lot more critical about how what they sound like like that feeling when you hear your own voice in a recording you're like ew that's what i sound like (laughs) so (laughs) the same thing like when you make your own song
2: fair enough
3: yeah i think it's very similar to making art because alex and i are uh ivy art students
2: no don't even don't even put me with that mix i i i I, I was i was there just like, no. I, I was, know, next, I we, was make next, art,
3: we all think our arts are shitty you know like i was i
2: was ne- i was next to tanya next to um kevin who are the best people in our class oh my goodness and you, you, and you see me just drawing shapes and i'm like okay <laughs> it was so depressing i that class was no but you guys both produce music so what type of music do you, do you guys do you guys produce uh, i know angela I've, I've heard a bit of you playing the piano a little bit more emotional i think Tommy did a, t- a diss track, if I heard the rumors correctly, <laughs> back in the day. So yeah, what what type of um of music do you guys produce? How about- I think okay, so like before,
1: I just used to write a lot of like emotional songs. There there wasn't really a genre for it, maybe like poppy. But um, as of this this um this summer, I've been writing a lot of more R and B kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, and like Sharon kept on telling me, Angela, you should do R and like it would fit nicely with your voice. And I was like nah but then i was like okay maybe i should so uh, a lot of my songs sound like a bit more r like now but like there's still that pop in- influence as well
0: um i would say rap but uh the way your rap is right now i wouldn't say that's what i do um i don't know how to describe so if you're talking like j cole
2: uh like, like more lyricist and story based yeah and-
0: yeah j cole YBN corday mm-hmm. uh jid more on that side and less of like Travis Scott, Lil Nas and Lil Pump and if they have a little it's probably not going to sound like me. Uh, <laughs> so yeah more on the lyricism kind of side that's that's more of what I stick to and also like more of upbeat like stuff that you could play in front of your kids and still turn up to. Okay uh, so yeah that's kind of more of what I focus on now that I describe it it sounds a bit less like rap but yeah yeah interesting Bro,
1: who's kids who, who has kids that are that they're playing your music in front of
0: i mean well, just <laughs> in, general, in the future right? <laughs>
2: in the future
0: yeah i want to grow up and then my kids are going to be asking me like so what'd you do for fun in high school and i'd be like here's my album
3: <laughs> <laughs> i just presented the thing well uh i was like after graduation i was wondering because you two are like the stars of choir, although Tom is not in the choir at school, but he's like always uh, participating, uh, yeah. forced by Mr. Hutton. <laughs> and you guys are like uh, the stars, but I'm like, they are gone now. Like who's up to take your position, right? But Gina, about- Gina, you forgot about
1: Gina, you forgot about <laughs> Jacob, bro. Like, his voice. Ra-
3: Rob, like, yeah. for example, if you are just doing like, uh, I forgot the son's name. Um, glory,
1: right? A glory. <laughs> a and, and imagine Jacob rap, rapping I mean, glory. I mean, I was, I,
3: I'm, I'm excited to see Mr. Hutton do a couple rap verses. I think he could. Really <laughs> yeah. Do. Well, talking about music, so how did you guys uh, discover music um, as a passion or habit
1: I think, I don't know. I just always, it's so cliche, but I literally always love music. Um, Church definitely had a lot to deal with it, especially because like, I spent my childhood in Nigeria. So like church, Tom knows church in Nigeria is an experience. Like you go there ready to celebrate, you go there ready to dance, there's piano, there's drums, there's everything. Everybody's just vibing, if, if that's the way I'll put it. So like, that was probably my first introductions to music. It was just something that was uplifting and and enjoyable. And then later on in my life, in my very short life, um, I just started writing my own stuff like I think I started writing my own stuff when I was like 10 and I was like oh my god can I actually like write music over here and (laughs) and and that's what I started doing I realized like wow you can actually like create your own melodies and stuff like that so first it started off with church but then it just it just went off personally from there like I just started creating my own things and and sharing with people and something else that I realized I really loved was the performing aspect of, of of Music, so I started getting uh, really involved with that.
3: Yeah, it also involved in both of you are involved in musical theater back uh, at Ridley. Oh, mm-hmm. well, how about Tom? Um, so I okay, so
0: I went to a boarding school, uh, when I was like when I was still pretty once when I hit like double digits, that's when I went to boarding school. Uh, back then, like music wasn't a big thing in my life, but I was, um like interested in performing and because I did like debates and speeches and like I love just being on stage and then in my boarding school I realized that a lot of people like rap music but I I personally wasn't really interested in it I think it's also that part of like you know in boarding school for the first time you really want to fit in and do what everyone else was doing but like they would play different songs and I just wouldn't like I couldn't relate at all um, and so I think it was when I, find, when I got to Ridley, uh, so at that time, I wasn't listening to rap. I don't even know what I was listening to, if I was even listening to music at all. But um, when I got to Ridley, Chance the Rapper had just dropped a 2016 coloring book. Um, and somebody out there is listening, dissing me right now, you Chance the Rapper, like, don't get on me. I don't know what he's doing right now. He's gonna fix up, I'm sorry. <laughs> Anyways. So I listened to 2016 Coloring Book, and I loved the album. I was like, wow, rap can be this. And I was like, that's crazy. Um, and then I listened to Oh um, Kyle, uh, and that was also really good. And then so I, what I did was I took stems of their tracks, just the what's it called instrumental And then I would like just try to sing the songs by myself because I really loved performing. So I would, but not to anyone just for myself. And then after a time, just listening to instrumental singing lyrics by myself, I started to make my own lyrics. And then I started writing my own lyrics down and eventually I'd make a song um, to like somebody else's beat. Uh, And then from there I was like, okay, let me get new beats, new lyrics and start making my own songs. And then yeah, it just kept going on and on from there. But if it hadn't been for Chance and Kyle, who like showed me like rap can be so many different things, which it is today, um, I probably wouldn't have ever started.
3: Hmm, interesting. So Angela, you mentioned that uh, church in Nigeria kind of sparked the music in you. Um, how about other uh, cultural aspects or people who inspire? Uh, or influences your music. I know Beyonce is kind of huge. I literally got to say that.
1: But uh, of course, let me talk about personal people. Firstly, I think yeah. like my parents. Like we we're always playing music in our house. We still are. And I don't know they're always they were always dancing. They're always singing, regardless of how they sounded, which was not very really <laughs>
2: good. They were
1: <laughs> they were always singing. So like I just grew up to enjoy the sound of music, enjoy music making, and all the the, the things that come with, with being in a musical environment. And then obviously there are just some, some artists that you, you grow up listening to, they're just incredible. So like um, for me, when I started, like my mom did not want me to listen to like uh, ser- secular music. So I was listening to like Yolanda Adams and like Christian singers. And then I started listening to Whitney Houston and then Beyonce. So all these very soulful, powerful voices. And I think that probably uh, influenced my tone as well. But yeah, like just some incredible artists that like showed me how powerful music can be in terms of its emotional reach, in terms of how, when performing, it can literally transform an environment. I was just like, whoa, get me on that stage.
3: <laughs> yeah, Tom, any add?
0: Um, yeah, I think mine is sort of a similar story. Uh, just piggybacking off of what I just said about Chance the Rapper and Kyle. Um, I think they too have had a big influence and not just them but artists I've listened to since then have had a big influence on what I think uh, about music and the power of music that it can not necessarily soulful but it can definitely be uplifting. Um, So uh, using that skill of like lyricism and wordplay and um, also being able to put your own personal story in there in a way that other people can relate to. Um, I think a, a person who does that great is, uh, who does a great job of that is YBN Cordae because uh, he's, he's young, but he also is very mature for his age. And I think that that's something that a lot of older heads, sorry, older people <laughs> really appreciate. Um, so yeah, different artists like that have really influenced um, my own music. And I think that's why probably I write um, in that type of style as well.
2: Mm-hmm. Pretty much uh, kind of changing the subject drastically. Uh, what we, we, <laughs> we, we, we all went to a, um, to a uh, international school, a, a bunch of different um, um, cultures. So yeah. this, month, this month's a very spe- it's a very special month, so I'm going to ask the question. Uh, what is and why is Black history um, month so important to recognize? Okay, so that's a, a heavy
1: question. But um, firstly, what is Black History Month? It's a month celebrating uh, Black culture, especially um, North American Black culture, because of how rich its history is. Um, I think when I like think of, of why it's so important to, to recognize, um, I think of all the things that have happened uh, before we've gotten to this point, all the things that are still happening. So um, the impact of having your identity removed and invalidated. So um, from slavery to segregation, just so many situations in which black people are constantly told not to be. So I think Black History Month is really one of those moments where you're like, at the end of the day, I don't care the kind of oppressive systems you're trying to hold me down into. I'm black and I'm proud and I'm going to you know, be prideful of that um so yeah i think that's why black history month is so important because it reminds us that we've come so far but it also reminds us that there's a long way to go Mm -hmm.
0: my answer to that question is a bit more personal than what it would be for everyone uh so coming from nigeria at such a young age uh i i actually never heard of black history month in nigeria we don't celebrate it and i think that uh, for example, I think in March around this time, what we are celebrating is called Children's Day, uh, which I don't think they have here in Canada. So I, I felt that switch like uh, when I came to Ridley. And my perspective on that is we celebrate Black History Month here in Canada because there's a history there. There's a history that needs to be acknowledged. There's a history that needs to be retaught. There's a history that needs to be remembered for every single person from every single culture. Um, And the reason why I was very eager to jump at Ridley at opportunities to um, talk about Black History Month and have different events during Black History Month is because first things first, like I said, I didn't know about it before and it was a great chance to learn about American Blacks and their history. Um, and second thing, second, I also wanted to see how I could fit into that role uh, as a Nigerian who was born in America, but has never even really learned about the struggles that black Americans faced. I'm like, what can I do now? You know, in an international school, that's a big opportunity that a lot of black Americans, black Canadians, uh, have never had. So I was really, um, interested in trying to see what can I do here? What is my role? What is my, uh, you know, what, what What can I do in this
3: situation?
0: Um, and I think being a prefect allowed me to answer a couple of those questions.
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think my experience quite familiar, like similar with Tom, because uh, I never heard of Black History Month before coming to Canada, like really, like-
2: I was gonna say the exact same thing.
3: Okay. Yeah, but although I know, like the history behind it beforehand, but like, actually have a month dedicated to, uh, you know, the recognition and sort of the culture of it um, is new to me as well uh, when yeah. I first came.
0: I think the furthest I went to in primary school was um, learning about MLK and civil rights mm-hmm. in America. I think that was where we kind of stopped. We never got to the whole thing.
2: Mm-hmm. No, I, I was just gonna say that, yeah, like like Jason coming, coming from Mexico, from, uh, I, re- I really had no, no idea about, yeah. uh, uh, about, uh, about anything. Just a, a, really, a really nice thing to, uh, yeah.
3: to see. I, I only knew about there's an Asian heritage. I think there's a Hispanic heritage month or day, whatever, <laughs> when I landed it was, in Canada. I was like, it was never, oh, it was yes, never
0: mentioned.
3: <laughs> yeah. So following that question, um, here's a deeper question have you ever experienced racism in Canada? Because we all know Canada, you know, Canada is a country of diversity. Everybody's so accepting and stuff. But uh, based on my experience, it's not entirely true, but how about yours?
1: Oh, I just think it's so funny whenever I ask this question, not because like it's not a serious question just because of like how somebody like was explicitly racist to me, it's just so funny to me. Um, so it was in grade 10 and I was like talking to somebody, right? And, um, her, she, like we were on her phone and we were on Snapchat responding to somebody and he was like, don't let N-Words open my, open my messages to you. I said, like, whoa, whoa. So that was the first time like I was like,
2: I'd in rid- Canada? I'd rid- in or
1: 2018?
2: I, oh, in <laughs> oh it
1: was at school oh wow yeah so somebody just called me an n word and i was just like i was i was like taking aback for a second because i was like wait a second i thought i, I thought and you know we're in racism here like <laughs> so i thought uh canada was in a racist place but like it really like kind of opened my eyes to how like yeah that was a blatant example but then it had you re- mm. it had me rethinking other like experiences that i've had and i guess it's how That's the difference between racism in America and Canada, I would assume, is that racism here is a bit more subtle. More passive. It's a it's a bit more subtle and you you don't realize you're being like somebody's being racist until you think back about it and you're like, huh, was that that (laughs) a bit, you know? And then um I think another thing to acknowledge is like it's also not that bad because I feel like in, in America, the worst treated race are black people in the United States of America. But in Canada, the worst treated race or ethnicity are Native Americans. So we don't experience mm-hmm. to, the, to the extent that they do.
3: True. How about Tom? Um,
0: so I was watching a video uh, of Trevor Noah recently and it was about him. He was talking about how like in South Africa, uh, they talk about race, racial issues, race, uh, racism, and it's not hostile, uh, you know, so he, he gave an example of like, for example, if he was talking to someone talking about racism, you know, uh, the other person white you know, this, just a general example, the other person why would get like super defensive and Trevor Noah would have to respond and be like, it's okay, I'm not saying you did it. And then the other person would be, still be very, very defensive. And he's like, yeah, but you know, it was your great great grandfather's or whatever. I'm not like angry at you. Let's just talk about this. Cause this is something that happened a long time ago uh, but it's still affecting us today. So you and I can have that conversation without you having to feel like it's your fault. Okay, Uh, Mm, that's that's the point he was trying to get across. And the fact that, you know, in South Africa, in fact, one of his his, the first memory he remembers of like seeing comedy in live action was the relationship between I think he he was either with his grandfather or his father, I don't remember, uh, and a white cop. Uh, And he he saw influence in comedy and humor because his grandfather or father was able to make the cop laugh. And that was the first time he'd ever seen a white person and a black person laughing together. And he just thought that was like amazing. That's why he wanted to pursue comedy. Um, I just brought up that story because in Canada, I've definitely experienced the whole white people get defensive. Um, I've, I've, I've experienced that before. Um, not a lot of times, uh, but also in um, certain conversations, I think people would rather just avoid that conversation in total. Um, And what I think is people avoid that conversation because they think it's gonna be awkward. They think I'm gonna be like the bad guy in this situation. I think that's how a lot of people view it. Um, And just to anyone, black, white, Asian, Latin American, wherever you're from, when you're having these conversations, don't think that any single person is the bad guy or the good guy. You know, like in the recent BLM protests, we saw white people on the street. We saw black people on the street. We saw LGBTQ people on the street. Like nobody is the bad guy anymore. The real bad guys died a long time ago. And if there are any still bad guys here, it's not because of, you know, that's how, it's because that's how they were brought up. That's how their society still thinks. I don't think anybody in today's modern cultural society could still inherently be racist. Uh, so that's the point I try to always remind myself of in these conversations. Can you
1: can you expand more on that? That you don't think somebody can, anybody in this society can hear in, be in racist? racism. In our
0: current modern culture, like if you've if you are aware of BLM protests, if you are aware, and not just racism. I think this applies to a lot of different social issues. Uh, BLM, LGBTQ, Me Too movements. The fact that these conversations keep coming up so frequently, I think, for example, I would, I would love to assume that every student at Ridley College is not racist because we've had these conversations, because we've talked about these things, because you're with these people every single day, right? Obviously, it's possible that, those, uh, that there are still racist people, but what I try to tell myself, it might just be a coping system is that if there are still those people, it's because they're not listening to our conversations. They have chosen to ignore these conversations, or they are having other conversations elsewhere, perhaps at home or in some other types of society where they're still being fed these nuanced ideas that racism is okay and sexism is, you know, okay and all of those different types of things. So. Um, That's my little spiel. I try to see things probably just from a more optimistic light. Mm. Yeah.
1: Okay. So what I was gonna say was, um, I think that's how I think of it as well. Like the only way you can be racist in the 21st century is if you're actually choosing to be racist. Like it's so hard to just avoid it and just to be unaware. Like it's so hard in the 21st century, especially because of of how. How much knowledge is made readily available through social mm-hmm. social media so in situations like that like my, what is my reaction to somebody being racist to me do i like i don't necessarily feel upset is that i feel sorry for them in some ways it's like that's that's why that's why i thought um that situation that i brought up was was funny because i was just like you're you're not hurting me by saying this like it's just it's in a window into your your mental your thinking your your mental psyche and and it makes me kind of feel bad like what environment were you brought up in that that fostered this perception that that you can say things like that and that like basically what you're thinking is that there are people who are inherently inferior to you just because of the way they look like what what has allowed that to happen Mm -hmm. so i guess like in situations like that i feel more i feel more sorry than i do feel upset Mm
2: -hmm. yeah I, I, I really do agree because I, well, I do want to tell a quick story. I was in the States. I went with a couple of friends. It was just me and some um, Latin friends and um, we were speaking in Spanish. I don't think that loud, but I remember seeing this white woman with um, her child and we were speaking in Spanish, just having a good conversation. And then I noticed that the mom is kind of like pushing the kid, like kind of towards her. And I overheard, and I, I overheard in, in English, like when there's Spanish people talking, get close to me. And I didn't know how to take that. I, I none of my friends kind of, kind, kind, kind of noticed it. But when I, like, like you said, at the moment I was like, I brushed it away. But then after, when you have different experiences, you say like, oh, wait, actually. And mm. and no, I, I was gonna say, Andrew, I completely agree with you. And in, in fact, that saying like, I, it's just a bit. It's a bit sad because they don't know you. They don't know, uh, they, they they As you as you said, there's so much available no- knowledge in social media, and so many different ways for you to understand. So it's just quite sad that just some people think uh, it's threatening or it's n- dangerous. So it, I don't know if you got any guys have any uh, um uh, things to mention about that, but it, yeah, it's just it's just a bit sad. Yeah. So
3: obviously, last June. Uh, George Floyd's death kind of sparked the whole uh, Black Lives Matter movement uh, again, and it reaches like all-time high, Um, and there were conversations going on, right? Uh, We had uh, meetings online uh, when we were at high school, uh, and there was a conversation about how having uh, black friends doesn't necessarily mean that you are not racist or you don't have bias towards them. How, what's your impre- interpretation on that conversation?
0: Um, My dad always says that, like, uh, there's 7 billion people in the world, but, like, a majority of what those 7 billion people think is controlled by perhaps, like, a 1%. Um, and I think that term, the 1%, comes up in, like, almost every kind of conversation uh but to answer your question i think that uh even relating to alex's story just that anybody who is trying to fit into society by changing their mindset to say okay society says let's not be racist so i'm just gonna go go along with the flow and get my black friends and be chill um you're just you're you're lying to yourself Like the fact that you think (laughs) you can surround yourself with a couple people, and because, like, there's always that joke that says, uh, Oh, I'm not racist. My mother's brother's sister's uh, boyfriend is black. Like, you know, I don't care about that whole genealogy. I care about your relationship with me. Uh, So, being able to kind of make sure that you're not being controlled by what society is telling you to say but being controlled by what you personally think is the right thing. I think that's what's most important. And if your way of doing that is to first meet some of these black people or gay people or whatever kind of people, if you need to first meet them to even understand what they're like and have your own personal relationship with them, perfect, that is great. But what is totally out of the question is saying, because I'm able to sit next to them and and not want to punch them in the face you know that means we're okay that means I'm not racist no uh you know I think that <laughs> that's just um something some people say to try to like um help themselves feel like they're doing their part however I think it, it should be a lot more than that I think for a lot of people it is more than that uh mm-hmm. and I also want to say for, I think People today, at least the ones that I've met, I don't know, of course, if they're pretending or not, but I think people are trying to do better and to to learn more and to be more vocal about these things. Uh, coming from Nigeria, I, I didn't hear things like this ever. So um, it's great to at least know that where the problem persists, there are also solutions being discussed. So mm-hmm.
1: that's great to know. Like to answer that question, I think, um... You have to start off by acknowledging that it's impossible. It's literally impossible for anybody to not have biases. It's literally impossible. So you have to acknowledge that regardless of what you think you are, regardless of what you think of yourself, it is a reality that you will have biases. You have to work hard to overcome them, you know? So I feel like a lot of people have a version of themselves that they think that they... They live up to or a version of themselves they think they are. It's, it's important to separate yourself from your intention and look at your thoughts.
3: Mm-hmm. So let's jump into more light and happiness. <laughs> <No, but,
2: laughs> yeah. no, no, the, emo- the emotional yeah. jumps in this yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad, music? No. But these are the easier takes that, I've got, that actually I've never I've never heard. So thank you that I'm, I'm still I'm still yeah. learning. I think everybody's learning. Mm. Everybody's wow. well, I'm learning. So uh, thank you
0: guys for even choosing to ask those questions, you know, a lot of people would, like I said, just rather avoid that conversation. So thank you guys. for. Mm-hmm. Being, uh, no problem. So,
2: so yeah, so, so Jason said that we we're going to kind of just uh, jump, jump again. To, to, to <laughs> a little... So Jay
3: uh so um what are you most proud of as black people in terms of uh culture and uh, history
1: um
0: I, this is a very short quick answer um mm. and i can't talk too much about it because i don't know too much about it but uh and i hope that's okay because this that's is not fine. for all black people this is more for nigerians uh, and in its own way extends to all Black people. But I uh, I hear that Nigerians are everywhere in the world, pretty much now, like every continent, I can say, probably. And whatever continent they're in, they always stand out. And I'm very proud of that, because, um, you know, for example, the in the US, um, in fact, I think that does extend to all Black people, because, you know, the US just selected its first ever um, female president, who's also uh, female vice president, who's also black. Um, uh, and, you know, I think those types of trends uh, show that society is one changing. And it also shows that, you know, there are limitations that have been placed on certain cultures and certain people in the society. But those limitations are not doing a good job of limiting, because we're still seeing all of these dramatic uh, social movements that are making headway for people to learn, people to grow, people to overcome those challenges. Uh, like Edgel said, like, we're always going to have biases, but we need to overcome them. And I keep seeing cons- consistently that wherever Nigerians are, wherever Black people are, they're able to overcome whatever limitations, like, society has tried to place on them. So I think that that's, I've, I've loved to see that, you know. hmm
2: Very that's a very very nice
1: answer. Angela? Yeah, for me I'd say I'd say like on a more universal level, similarly, I'm just proud of the way black people, especially North American black people, one persevere, but have built their own history because but also have built their own history because you know, like all the way, like if we're coming back to the sixteen hundreds when black people first arrived in north america their history was stripped from them before they even got to america they were taken to like areas in west africa mixed along with different black people from all over africa so they couldn't communicate with the people they were on slave ships with so it's it's that deep of of a constant effort to to rid people of their culture and their history, and Black people in North America have not only created their own their own history, but they found ways to be proud of it, to share it, and then to also persevere and and overcome the oppressive systems that have that have been placed against them. Now, that is like the extremely positive perspective on that. There's still um, there's still like some Black people who who feel extremely limited by by their situations, justly, but um are like almost like paralyzed by that and that's you know that's very unfortunate but in the most part the fact that black people continue to persevere with with a joyous spirit when you're around people black people like especially like with me whenever i'm around black people i'm just happy we just they just exude a a joyous energy so so the ability to to just positively persevere is is what i'm most proud of
0: I love the way you said that. The next time someone says Black people are loud, I'm going to say no. That's just our joyous spirit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: So I think all of us know the song uh, This is America by Robert Donald Glover, also known as uh, Childish Gambino.
2: Childish, uh, childish Gambino.
3: You know. Yeah. And that song really, um, it kind of inspired me uh, around a topic that, um, that's like, um, the whole racism thing, right? Like whole culture, even uh, to every culture, uh, it's like okay, uh, we appreciate uh, the goods your culture brings us, but we like ignore, you know, uh, your, your rights or your presence as a culture. So like that kind of uh, that sound in particular kind of. Um, uh, I don't know, kind of uh, sparked my reflections on the topic. So to end this, Alex.
2: Yeah, to end it, I'm going to ask uh, the, the final question. So um, as you know, uh, Jason's actual name is Muji, and Alex is for, for Alejandro, which have Mexican, Latin name, uh, more of a Chinese Asian name. But we, everybody knows you as Angela and as, as Tom. But the last question is, and it's a question we ask everybody, uh, what does your name mean in terms of uh, maybe has something to do with, with um, your culture, with your family background? So, uh, so the final question is what's your name? What's your name mean? Oh yes. so Angela is
1: God's messenger or angel. and I was just named that because when I was born, apparently my mom said, oh my little angel and then they called me Angela um and then Toluape, that's my middle name uh-huh. don't call for me i didn't pronounce it right um my middle name means <laughs> to god be all the glory
2: so. wow okay um, I never know
3: your uh, middle name angela because like like even writing an email it's always angela thought.
2: <laughs> Yeah, what, Tom?
1: I don't know why my middle name is there right now. I don't know why
3: my <laughs> <reason>. <laughs> Yeah. What kind of all know Tom's Kibati? Because Yeah. That's like, <laughs> uh,
0: I came to Ridley and said that my name was Tom, and then my actual name became my nickname, so that I feel like that's kind of cool. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, my first name is Kibati, uh, and it, the full name is Aparalorum Kibati. Uh, and it means God's power never fails. Uh, so mm-hmm. I don't know the story behind that, but I do love the the meaning. Uh, because, like, no matter what situation I'm in, I just, like, sometimes just remembering that the name that I have literally means that I cannot fail is, is it's really encouraging to have mm-hmm. something like that. So, you know, God bless my parents for thinking of that one. Uh, <laughs> And then um, Tomiwa means, okay, I'm not going to cap right here. I forgot what it meant. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, Tomiwa was also uh, a name that I think really uh, touches me personally. Uh, Not because of the meaning, but because there's a song that has, you know, that lyric in it. And every time I hear that song, I remember my mom my mom sings that song when she wants to call my name so that's that's also kind of cool just a cute moment uh, mm-hmm. so, yeah I think those uh, meanings or inferences in my name are definitely uh, great to always keep in mind great yeah, a, thank
3: uh, you guys those are very, very
2: cool answers. yeah so thank, thank, thank you guys for 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 doing this for first of all uh, I to be, so thank you thank you guys so, so much for watching if you're interested to see more about Angela and Tom, we'll put everything well. Their Instagrams down in the, end of the description. If you stay tuned for this entire time, give it a like, give it a, and subscribe, and follow us. Follow us with for more. Jason. Yeah, and also
3: said? if you want to submit for the article diversity uh, February edition, it's always available in the email. Just send me your writings and any stories you. Uh, want to share with other people and also um i will also do an extra episode on implicit bias and racism um next week so keep uh for that um more editing (laughs) yeah but yeah thank you guys for joining us and thank you for the audience for listening us talking about happy sad and deep and (laughs) and, then, and
2: then, <laughs> Thank you guys for yeah. watching. I will see you the next yeah. time.
3: See ya. Thanks
2: so much.
0: Thanks, guys.